I was talking to Scarlett. I said, you know, you can be around people sometimes and uh, that are Christians, uh, accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, spirit-filled, um, some knowledge of the word. But you can tell if the note of victories left their life. You know, there's just something about them. There's just, there's, there's no more, almost no more victory in their life than there would be just somebody up the street that doesn't know anything about God. Right. And, uh, you know, we need to, <laughs> I tell you, one of the, one of the reasons for that is, um, and I'm not going to harp on this for 20 minutes, but maybe three minutes. <laughs> one of the reasons for that is the, a lot of believers, it seems like today are, are for, Taking themselves together, you know, at church. And, uh, I, I know people say, well, I, I can serve God from home. Well, I certainly hope you are. A- amen. We want to serve God from home, from work, from play, from travel, wherever we are. We're serving the Lord, right? And, 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 uh, worshiping Him and praising Him and, and, uh, being conscious of His presence. Uh, but you know, and that's all wonderful and that's important too. I mean, it, there's also, you know, there's people that years ago they would attend church on Sunday and they felt like, oh, there, I'm done. I gave God my hour and I'm out of here and don't talk to me about God till next Sunday. Well, that's the other ditch. You know, that's an extreme also. You don't want to just be religious about it, but, um, certain things in our Christian discipline are there. By the Lord's idea, this isn't some man's idea, the church was God's idea. Because he could have just sent Jesus and said, there, you're all saved, sins are forgiven, don't bother me till the millennium, you know. But he put together the bride of Christ, which is the church and which is the body. People say, well, I'm in the church if I'm saved. Well, there's a truth there also, but on the same hand, uh, you know, we're instructed by the word to, uh, to be together as a body. And there's, there's, there's healing in that. And there's faith in that. How many's ever come into this property? And, uh, maybe you were feeling a little low or just a little, a little bit, uh, stressed out from the week or whatever. But by the end of the service, by the time we've sung, by the time we've prayed, by the time we've declared the word and we've preached the gospel and we've lifted up Jesus, you, you, you just leave different than you came, don't you? Amen. And you can, you can, you can almost be ready to quit on life and come into a worship service and join with other believers in a live service. It's just something about that. And it's not just the service. You understand? These people say, well, I can get a, a great service online. I can, Get the finest church in America with the, with a professional singing group and, and, you know, great optics and everything just amazing and great sermon. And that's true, but there's something about being in the same room. Something about being together as a body that just makes a difference. So it's more than even just the service. It's more than just the singing, isn't it? It's not just one individual thing, but it's all of it together. And us doing it together, amen, that makes it, see, I'm saying it smiling, I'm not like mad. I could be mad, but I'm not, but praise the Lord. (laughs) 
me and all kinds of pastors because I read their Facebook postings, you know. It starts to get towards the weekend, and here comes all the postings about the forsaking of the assembly. <laughs> so I just so you know, we're not the only church kind of battling this. But because I talk to my pastor friends and they say, you know, their attendance is down some, sometimes more than, you know, 40 percent since COVID. Well, I just can't help but believe that, that some of these same people are going to Walmart. They're going to Publix. They're going to restaurants. They're going to gas stations. They're going all over. Sometimes vacations at a park and you know amusement park and that kind of thing praise god do it do life we we should be out doing life amen we're the salt of the earth but on the same hand um if you can do all that without fear you can come to church without fear amen so that that excuse is getting a yes that used to be a reason now it's becoming an excuse and i'm not condemning anybody I, I've, I've always promised here i would never condemn anybody this is not the condemnation zone this is the know ye not we are there is no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus but just an encouragement to do the word now if that's considered mixture from grace well then okay fine stir it up but uh it's the word amen and it's funny is Paul's the one that pointed all that out. Dr. Grace, Dr. Righteousness. Amen. He's the one that pointed all this out that I just blabbed off. And we're going to get to that a little bit more in this, in the uh, message today. I'm preaching, believe it or not, on healing, but this, this, um, discerning the Lord's body is part of our healing process. And, um, I want you to see that. Uh, let's turn, anyway, the title of the message today is Healing Belongs to You, Amen? And, um, let's, um, let's, uh, see what we can do with this. Alright, look at Isaiah 53. And, uh, I just think every now and then we need to go over these scriptures. Uh, there's a lot of churches that don't ever mention healing anymore. I'm talking full gospel churches that barely mention healing. Now they might at the end of the service anoint with oil or whatever. But, um, but you know, we need to do more than just a little ritualistic thing. We need to, to have these scriptures down in our hearts. Amen. Now somebody might say, well, I'm not sick, so I don't need this. Well, that's ridiculous. That's like saying I don't need good healthy food, clean water. Amen. Fresh air. Because I, I I don't need any of that. I'm I'm already he- healthy. Well, you the same thing that'll heal you will keep you healed. Yeah. Amen. And so, what's one of the first things they want to do for you if you're in the hospital or whatever? They they want you to get up. I don't care what kind of surgery you've had. Practically, they want you to get up, walk down the hall, get moving. They want you to start eating if you can, right? They want you to, to start living. Hello. Amen. <laughs> and so these are the living scriptures. Woo! Praise God. Careful, I'll get Pentecostal on you. You'll have to go warn your neighbors. All right. Isaiah 53. Uh, we're going to... 
focus on verses 4 and 5, but then we're going to go back and look at a couple of words in verse 3. But let's start at 4. Surely, everybody say surely, not maybe, not might have happened, surely. Don't you love that that word is there? This is something that's for sure. (laughs) Amen. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen? And so we have um we have this scripture here that's about healing. Now, certain groups, certain evangelical groups have tried to explain this away by saying, yes, he's talking about sin, and so the healing is for our sin sick soul. Well, to say that um displays ignorance of the scripture. Because even in the King James Bible, if you look in your margin, it says that the literal translation is pains and sickness. So, in other words, uh, sorrows is pain and, uh, I'm sorry, grief is pain and sorrow is sickness. Amen. And that's from the original Hebrew And if you look back up in verse 3, remember I told you I was going to mention verse 3. In verse 3, it says, um, uh, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. Notice that word sorrows. And acquainted with grief. And again, in the margin, under that, under that reference, in a reference Bible, it says, a man of pain, plural, and acquainted with sicknesses. Amen. So you have it clear here from Isaiah what he's talking about. Say, well, why would it be mixed? In other words, the mixture of the topic of salvation being being cured of sin, so to speak, in your soul and being healed in your physical body. Well, because it's the same redemptive work. That's the reason. Amen. Sickness is a result of of sin in the world. Amen. Some One preacher put it this way. I think it might have been F.F. F. Bosworth, uh, but maybe someone else <laughs> said, um, sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin, <laughs> together. <laughs> Amen. It literally is the spawn of Satan. Well, again, you know, some of these, some of these predestination folks, which there's a lot of them, they'll start, they, they might talk about healing. You gotta, you gotta know where they're coming from. Sometimes they're talking about, you know, well, he healed in the Bible days, you know, literal sickness, but in this time he's healing souls. Well, he's not healing souls. The soul, there's, uh, being not born again, being not washed in the blood has nothing to do with your soul, really. It's a spiritual salvation. Because you can be saved 
and be confused in your soul and still be confused until you get your mind renewed. Amen? So uh, salvation is not a healing condition of a sin-sick soul. That's one particular denomination who will leave their name unspoken uh, explanation of, of, of healing. That's their explanation of healing. And it's very sad because Jesus healed in Bible days, but he doesn't do it now. In other words, Hebrews 13.8 loses its meaning. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, not today, and forever. But it doesn't say that, does it? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he ever healed, he's still healing. And if he's not healing now, then it would have to mean that he never healed in the Bible, and the Bible's a lie. So which is it? Which is it going to be? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And I don't care if anybody else is with me, not even one other person. I'm going to believe the Bible. I'm going to believe, you know, like that old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Well, that's going to be true on the subject of divine healing. Amen. And so somebody might say, we're going to prove this scripture here in just a minute on our next reference. Amen. That I can prove scripturally, that that verse is not talking about sin sickness. Sickness, a sin is not uh, healed. Sin is removed. Amen. So we get a, we get a double dose here. Amen. Not only is the sin removed, but the sickness is healed. Praise God. Any kind of physical sickness. So in a way, because of this promise, because of Galatians 3.13, that says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, because of all these things we put together, we have scripture after scripture. We can stand here, and Pastor Scarlett could attest to this, we can stand here all afternoon and read scripture after scripture of divine healing verses. Amen. Now, Somebody will get a hold of Job or something, and they'll 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 stand on the word to be sick. Like one of my friends said, fight for the right to be sick and broke. You preach divine healing, you preach prosperity, and somebody will fight for the right to be sick and broke. You ever met somebody like that? I mean, they'll argue as to why it doesn't work. They'll argue, as to, I'm, I'm talking Pentecostal people. Well, you never know what God's will is. Well, you will if you read the Bible. His word is his will. Well, what about sister so-and-so? If anybody loved Jesus, it was her and she didn't get healed. Well, what about her? You understand? What about, well, I, you know, I had a, a mother that loved Jesus and she prayed for healing and it didn't come. Listen, um, I say let God be true and every man a liar, including myself, if I don't follow. What, what are you going to do about them? Well, I'm certainly not going to come up with a false theology to explain it away. Y'all getting anything out of this? Am I just harping? I mean to be preaching. I sound like I'm harping. Because, you know, I had one person say to me one time, well, it's interesting whom God chooses to heal and who he doesn't. And I said, well, if he doesn't choose to heal me now, then he's a liar. 
Because it says here in this scripture that it already occurred. So what I wanted to say about that is technically we're pre-healed. Amen. You know, in the medical field and insurance especially, they talk about pre-existing conditions. And it used to be, you know, and since Obamacare came in, you know, they, 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 uh, sort of fix that, except for that the premiums are so crazy now that it doesn't hardly matter. But anyway, it had a thing called pre-existing and it meant that the insurance would not cover anything that had to do with that pre-existing condition. Now, how many know what I'm talking about and dealt with some of that? But praise God, look at it from a positive standpoint. We have a pre-existing condition because of Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. We are pre-healed, pre-whole, pre-redeemed. And so whatever comes against us, we say we don't honor that because we uh, have a pre-existing condition of salvation, healing, and blessing. Amen? Are you getting anything out of this? Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's, you know, again, well, well, you know, so and so didn't get healed. So that proves, proves, that's a big word, man. That proves it wasn't God's will to heal it. No, it proves whoever says that proves how stupid they are. To suddenly become a self-appointed theologian. I think next time I hear that, I'm going to say, can I see your, uh, the, you know, theological seminary degree? And let's see. So you must have gone to Bible school at least. Let's see. Where's your, where's all of your doctorates and things to prove? For suddenly you're instantly, miraculously a theologian at the funeral of somebody that didn't get healed. And, uh, you've got the autopsy going trying to figure it out. So if nothing else, blame God for it. I'm telling you this happens all the time. More of them than there are of us. I'm telling you that. But it doesn't change the word. And then another thing. Oh my God, I'm stirred up. Another thing, like Brother Hagin used to say, name one time, one, if at least there was one, we could maybe look at it. Name one time in the New Testament where Jesus ever told anybody, it's not my will to heal you. I'd love to do it. I've got the power. You've got some faith, but I, it's not, I can see you're exercising faith. I can see you're reaching out. I can see you're praying. I can see, you know, you're worshiping and you're wanting this, but it's not my will. I checked John Calvin's list and you're not on it, as it turns out. And so, you know, uh, so if somebody says, well, how do you explain then? Brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so didn't get a healing. They just died of the illness. How do you explain that? And here's my answer. I don't explain it. Why don't you stop trying? Certain things are between the person and the Lord. Why don't we just leave them alone and say, I don't know why. It looks to me like they should have been healed, but they weren't, and I obviously don't know. So instead of coming up with some big, all of a sudden everybody's a self-appointed theologian saying stuff that they have no scripture for. Amen? And uh, 
and then leaving the wrong impression. Now, let me tell you, you get that stuff. There's a nice word. Uh, I thought of another word, but I don't want to say that. But you get that unscriptural stuff. Paul called it dung. Going in a congregation, and here's what will happen. Somebody gets attacked physically, and the devil will say to them, yeah, you're one of the ones that it's not God's will to heal. You might be one of the ones. You know, so-and-so didn't get it. You might be one of the ones that doesn't get it too. You never know with God. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes no. Sometimes maybe. Sometimes wait. Sometimes, oh my goodness, we've got schizophrenic Jesus. You just never know what he's going to do. That's like bringing, you ever had a person with real serious mental illness and you get to the point that you don't even want to bring them out in public because you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what they're going to say. You know, I had a guy one time, a, a minister who has some, some problems and we were in a restaurant and he gets out in the middle of the floor and sits in a suit, sits down cross-legged in the middle of the floor in a restaurant and the, <laughs> the manager comes out there and everybody like, what's he doing? I said, don't worry, I'll take care of it, you know. But you know, you just, you just go, wow, right? Like, you don't know what, that's how religion has painted a picture of Christ. Like you just never know what he's gonna do. I personally heard those words in church. You just never know what the Lord's gonna do. You just don't never know. Well, wow. That's just an amazing thing, isn't it? But according to this, Bible says the word of the Lord endures forever. That's in the New Testament, by the way. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Well, I just know in our church growing up, I was always taught, yeah, well, we were all, all taught a lot of stuff. Like I've said before, and this is tough to take, we were taught racism also. Some of us growing up, and that didn't make it right. Just because you were taught something doesn't mean it's right. Am I wrong? Right, right. So just because some idea or doctrine was passed down as if that's the gospel truth doesn't make it the truth. What makes it the gospel truth? It's in the Word of God. Well, you just never know what the Lord's going to do. Well, then I don't know who you're worshiping because my Lord is good for it. Let God be true and every man a liar. Jesus Christ is not a liar. No, but he's schizophrenic. He's not schizophrenic and he's not locked up at the state hospital. I don't guess they lock up anybody anymore. But they did. All right. Matthew 8. You get anything out of this? You know, we just need to be, you say, well, you're kind of dogmatic about this. You, yeah, that's exactly right. Cause we're, just, I mean, it's just our health we're talking about. That's all. Just our health. Amen. I'm fighting the microphone. If you're wondering what's happening, I have a floppy ear and it kind of came, comes down. I need to get some, uh, I need to get like a, a guy to tack them up. Light snaps. Little snaps. Velcro. 
I need Velcro ears. My my French bulldog's ears stand up very nicely. Let's see, okay. Um, I could I could duct tape this, you know, like to my glasses or something. Um, I want in uh, Matthew eight. Now remember, I said I was going to prove, and I better keep my word. We don't want a schizophrenic pastor either. But I said I was going to prove that Isaiah 53 is talking about physical healing. Amen? It is salvation, but it's but included in salvation is physical healing. Right? So I can prove it scripturally. Now, see, these are the things you need to settle. As long as you struggle with this God's will business, you're going to have a tough time with divine healing and having faith for it. You can have hope for it. You hope you're one of the ones on John Calvin's list. You hope you're predestined for it. But that's all you can do because you don't know. But the thing is, is that if you have faith, faith is based on the established foundation of God's word. Amen. Faith is based on a fact. And here's some facts. Jesus truly did die on the cross. He really did bear your sicknesses and carried your pains. And there's the facts of the case. Amen? Now, whether you want to believe that or not, that's a different story. And if you want to, if it makes you feel warm and fuzzy, because I've met some people like this. I had one woman say to me one time, she kept talking all this it's interesting who God chooses and who he doesn't. And I would, I finally just stopped correcting. I just went quiet. And one day she said to me, well, if I'm wrong, correct me. I said, it won't do any good. That's what I said. Came out that fast. She said, why? I said, I've been trying to correct you for decades. This particular person and, and, uh, you, 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 you choose to believe what did Brother Hagen say? We've been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. And as long as you just hold on to, de- to denominational denial of the power of God, can I say something that strong? As long as you hold on to that, that's what you're going to have. You'll have the results of that. You, uh, As a man thinketh, so is he. That's what you'll have. Amen? And uh, so you can either have that and the results of it. It's interesting to me that the the God's will may change group, they almost never have a testimony. They almost never have anybody. You know, it's un- funny how uh, I, I remember uh, uh, a person w- was talking about this. He said, well, why is it that, that they never have a healing? How is it that it's never a miracle? And, uh, that, you know, then you just get stared at and head shakes. I'm thinking, be careful. Your head's going to explode and come off. I'll tell you this. If you can't believe the word, please don't discourage somebody else who is. Amen. If, if you're a person in the church and you're, you're all hung up on this God's will business, 
then at least keep it to yourself. Praise God. Somebody else is standing on the word. I believe in God. I believe I'm healed. I believe he bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. And I, if he bore them, I'm not going to. Don't go up to that person and go, well, you know, uh, that's nice. But remember that God's sovereign and he's in charge and he might not want to heal you. And you have to be willing to accept that or what? Willing or what? You're going to die? And then it told you you're going to die anyway? Come on! This is craziness! You need to be. Why? Was he going to tell me I can't come to heaven because I believed wrong or some stupid thing? Come on! Do you see? I can't stand religion. It just, if anything irritates me, it's religion. And people holding on to something because this is what grandma believed. Well, Grandma had a ringer washer, too, that danced all over the back porch. And the only thing that held it to the porch and tethered it was the plug. Amen. And I don't want to do my clothes in Grandma's ringer washer. One thing, it destroys your clothes. Eats them up, you know. So, and I don't really want Grandma's car, to be honest. There's, They've made some improvements since 1911. So, (laughs) hallelujah, right? We don't say this about anything but religious stuff. And somehow religion is soothing to us. It's like, it's kind of an addiction, I think. It's kind of like an addiction. You know, drug addicts, I think, are pretty happy when they have their drug. And it makes them feel well. That's why they want to do it. But uh, not everything that makes you feel Euphoric is good for you. Is that right? Am I, do I have any, any friends here left today? (laughs) Praise God. Thank you. But you have to be a little ruthless with yourself. Amen. And I told Scarlett the other day, I said, you know, I can understand why some pastors want to have just even just a scotch, a little bit of, well, you never know what God's will is because it's easier to explain away stuff. Somebody, somebody doesn't get healed. It's easier just to say, well, we just never know what God's will is and you just have to be willing to accept it. It's just easier. You're just, you're end of discussion. But I'll tell you what I'm going to tell you. I don't know unless God shows me. Why somebody doesn't get it, I don't know. And if he doesn't, like Brother Hagin said, if he doesn't show you, then you know what? You can figure it ain't none of your business. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. We have a personal relationship with God. Do you want the whole world knowing every intimate thing between you and Father? No, I don't either. Pastor, tell us the secrets. No, <laughs> not gonna. It's private. Thank God we have a personal Lord. And Jesus, I, we say that when we lead people in the sinner's prayer. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. Not corporate. <laughs> ah. All right. We're going to prove this thing. Remember I told you we were going to prove it. All right. Matthew 8, 14. 
Jesus had just healed with his word a centurion. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a centurion's servant. So that healing, note that, that healing has just occurred. Um, see verse 13, Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. As thou hast believed. As thou hast believed. Not as thou hast checked with John Calvin. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Praise God. It says, as you have believed. That's what I say to people. I have been for 40 years. What Be it unto you as you have believed. Amen? And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid there. She was laid, laying there and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. Now, did she have a fever or sin sickness? No, she had a sickness. It's Peter's, it's Peter's mother-in-law who is sick on the bed with a fever. Does that sound like some soul condition? It's a physical condition. Everybody say physical condition. Physical condition. Ministered unto them. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. Does it say he wrestled them for four hours? I've been in those crazy meetings. It's just dumb. There's no purpose for that. It says he cast them out with his word. One word's enough. Now, I watched this one time. Brother Hagen, back in 1970, let me get the year right, 74, was in Atlanta at Agnes Scott College, an auditorium they had rented. And and, uh, there's, you know, he's teaching and, they brought this woman from the, you know, in those days they had state hospitals still. They checked her out of the, the, the mental hospital and brought her and she's, you know, she's obviously in a mess. And, um, they, he said, what's wrong with her? And they said, well, she's, she, we believe she's demon possessed. And he said, okay, well, in the, and he just, he just, he just laid his hand on her and he said, in the name of Jesus, how many want to hear this story? He said, in the name of Jesus, I command this demon to come out, be free in Jesus' name. Well, then he turned his back and started to walk away from them. And of course, they're used to, in charismatic meetings in those days, they're used to letting this take over the whole meeting. You know what I'm saying? wrestle with this thing, let it talk, ask it what its name is. It's a liar. Its name's not whatever it says it is. It's like, they, my name my name is Jargon, you know, or whatever, Darthon, or whatever. It's like, well, that's what your name is not, because you just lied to me. We are 
tens, ten legions. No, you're one little low-level devil. <laughs> With a little squeaky voice. Did you know that there's a true story that uh, somebody brought this man to um, Benny Hinn? And he was huge. I mean, you know, like huge, like 700 pounds. And brought him, I mean, just like barely, you know, you know, you ever seen these shows of people in shoes walk in like that? He walked there and, uh, <laughs> Benny Hinn said, I perceive, you know how he talks, I perceive you have a spirit of gluttony. Think of that's very perceptive, brother. I don't know how you knew that. It's a joke. Um, who, who could tell? He said, I, I perceive you have a spirit of gluttony. And the guy says, yes. And he says, come out in Jesus' name. And a little voice came and said, I'll come out if you give me a cookie. That's a true story. Now, I don't know how you would recover the service after that. And it sounds a little mean, but it's true. It did happen. Deal with it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but uh brother Hagen walked away from this person and and the person's still calling out ah, ah, ah you know and brother Hagen walks away and says now where was I teaching and the the lady that had brought the demon lady said well that's all you're going to do i mean you can see she's still messed up he says no she's not According to the word, Brother Hagen ate her head off. He said, no, she's not. According to the word, she's delivered. Because it says he cast out demons with his word. I just cast it out with the word, she's delivered. Stop saying she's possessed and go sit down. Well, now, when you do that, let me just tell you, the whole crowd pulls back on you. Like, you are a monster Talking to people like that. But you know what? She sat there a few minutes and by the end of the service was in her right mind. But if she'd have been in the wrong meeting, I'm just, can I just be blunt? I'm 64 and let me tell you, the older I get, the bolder I'm becoming. Because I figure by the time, you know, I'm, what did one preacher say? He said, the, it, the cool thing about being in your 80s is that you can say anything you want and everybody will just say, well, they're just in their 80s. And, you know, it doesn't matter. He says, you've been wanting to say these things for 40 years. <laughs> so one good thing that comes with aging is the license to say whatever you want. Praise the Lord. We used to live in a country where you could say anything you wanted, and that's gone. That's sad, isn't it? Now, because everybody's offended. The United Offended States of America. So ridiculous. So, if she'd have been in the wrong meeting, I'm telling you, they would have, that, they would have been a three hour thing, puke in a bucket. I mean, you, you, you can't imagine bringing all kinds of bottles of holy water and, and God knows what. And uh, we need to act like the word is true. Amen? 
If we lay hands on the sick, that's enough. If we anoint with oil, that's enough. You don't have to anoint with oil every time, by the way. That is not in the Word. It just is one way. Amen? But you can do that, and it's, it's good. Praise the Lord. We sometimes do and sometimes don't. And I'm not going to get under some ritualistic have to any time. Amen? We're going to follow the Lord, and the Spirit moves in different ways, different times. I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm just covering so many elementary things here, but I think we need to go over it because you know we'll forget. Paul. Paul said, "Lest at any time you let them slip." Amen. We don't want to let things slip, do we? But anyway, you know, we don't. We don't have to let the devil take over anywhere and talk and get behind the microphone and carry on. That ain't happening. Amen? All right. It says here, sorry, I'm still fighting, fighting. This is why I don't like these. I gotta go get a different kind of thing. Praise God. Scarlett does better. Her ear isn't floppy. Uh, so, it says, here in verse 16 in Matthew that he healed all that were sick. How many did he heal? Well, why would it be his will to heal all then and not now? Right? Well, I know, but no, stop, get your, cover your butt. Amen. We don't want to see your butt or understand it. We don't. And people say, well, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. It's the, it's, it's yabbits, like rabbits. Yabbits, they, they, they multiply if you're not careful. Yeah, but, well, it's God's will, it's not God's will that any should perish. Yeah, but, what about Ted Bundy? Or what about, you know, I mean, all these crazy out there thoughts that come, it's like, stop arguing with the Word of God. I'm telling you, I got this beat into me when I was in my 20s, you know, from Rama. Thank God. The word stands and just shut up about anything else. Stop talking about what doesn't work and why and wonder. And, you know, stop being Alice in Wonderland and, 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 and read the word. Amen. Ah! All right. Calm down, David. Healed all that were sick. Healed them all. That it might be fulfilled. See, I told you I was going to prove that Isaiah is about healing. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, turn to 1 Peter 2. We're moving right along, no worries. We'll beat the Baptist to the cafeteria. First Peter 2, 24, who his own, uh, this is re referring also to Isaiah 53, who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree 
that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness. See, see, salvation, salvation is established here, right? And then it says, by also, by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we have it proven again and again and throughout the ministry of Jesus. Now, if I had another hour for a healing school, we all know we'd go over all this. Amen. You look at the ministry of Jesus. When did he one time say, not my will, not my will that you be healed? Then look at the ministry of the apostles in the early church. Did they ever send anybody away and say, "Not, nope, you're not on the list, sorry. Amen? And anywhere else where especially, especially a person who's saved, walking with God, following the Word, amen, being faithful to the Word, and then the Lord telling them, now this illness, you know, maybe your Aunt Myrtle will come into the church when she sees your suffering. Well, they said that to my mother in 1954 when she was dying of melanoma. Dying of it. I mean, she's 22 and uh, she's dying. She had 49. Anybody knows anything about melanoma? She had 49 melanoma uh, growths on her body from her head to her feet. And, uh, it's probably faded by now, but I remember as a child, my mother had gouges, some, not deep, but some gouges in her hands and her feet where they had gouged them out in surgeries to try to keep up with it. And they finally said, this has overtaken you. It's on the inside of you. It's in your bloodstream. Is spreading to every organ in your body. That sounds bad, don't it? Just sound bad to have that report. <laughs> That's a bad one, ain't it? And uh, it's in your liver. That's why you're turning yellow. And uh, long story short, you, many of you have heard her testimony right here in the church. She was healed, praise God. And she's 91, still healed. And after a few weeks, they couldn't find it in her body anymore. But, but uh, she actually had cards from Pentecostal pastors that said, well, maybe the Lord will use your illness and death. They already told her she was dead. Said, your illness and death, maybe, maybe some of your loved ones that you've been standing in will come on in the church. My mother's answer was, if the... Lord Jesus Christ dying for him ain't enough. What's my death going to do? Ain't it the truth? <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad Mama had some sense. <laughs> she didn't just drink the Kool-Aid. Amen. Some people, well, that's what the pastor said, so that's it. No, it's what the Word says. Amen. All right, you got time for one more little verse? Are y'all getting anything out of this? How many would rather be here than the best ICU in town? All right.
1 Corinthians 11, you know, we have the communion passage that we read a lot. Uh, and we usually stop reading at verse 26. Let's talk about 27 through uh, 32. This is kind of where I started with my soapbox about people not coming to church. Anyway, it says uh, in verse uh, 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. And then here it is. Here's what he's talking about. Now, I grew up with, you know, if you've had any sin or sinful thoughts or whatever, you shouldn't take communion because you could die. But that's not what it's saying. He's saying there's one sin here that he's referring to. What does it mean to not drink worthily and take the bread worthily? What does that mean? What does it mean? Here's what it means. It's so clear. You'd have to, you'd have to like trip over a big rock to not see it. Not discerning the Lord's body. What is the Lord's body? Today, what is it? The church. It's the body of Christ. Do you see that? Not discerning the Lord's body is what it means to eat and drink unworthily. In other words, you don't have any respect for the body of Christ. Are you with me? Say, what does this have to do with healing? Glad you asked. For, verse 30, for this cause, many, doesn't say all, this is not the explanation for everybody, but he said many. Now, it would almost be easier to take if he said a few, but he said many. So that sounds like a lot. How many believe many is a lot? Okay. This is deep. You can see I'm using these deep words like many and a lot. We used to laugh, Ruby would like this. I played the piano for a quartet, you know, the Clout Indian family. I played the piano. We'd, we'd do these all night sings and stuff and singing things, concerts. It'd be like, you know, the Blackwood Brothers, the Lefevers, the, the Clout Indian family and, you know, others. They would name these groups, you know, the, the, the Stamps back, Stamps Quartet, J.D. Sumner and the Stamps. They'd have all these groups that were kind of well-known. And then they would have this one woman that kept showing up at every meeting called Many Others. But her name was spelled funny, M-A-N-Y, Many, Many Others. And we used to laugh and say, well, you know, is Many Others going to be here? In other words, others too prominent to mention, you know. Anyway, I think that's funny. Many others. And boy, some of those many others groups, you could understand why. God help them. That's the kind of group that would the bus would roll into the church parking lot and say, the bus broke down in front of the church. 
We don't have anywhere to sing. All right. Not, <laughs> not discerning the Lord's body is the sin that is being referred to here. Not just some mistake you made. Right? For this cause, many, again, many others is here. <laughs> For this cause, many are weak. And sickly among you, and many, not a few, many sleep, meaning are dead. Many sleep, in other words, they're dead prematurely. I heard uh, uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne said one time, he said, it, and he wrote a book about it called, It Could Be Life or Death, What Church You Go To. And people say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that, you know, if you go to a church like Brother Norval used to say, you go to a church that makes fun of divine healing, rolls their eyes at it, says that you never know what who God's going to choose and all that, you know, you might pretty well be toast if you get a a diagnosis that's that's iffy, you know, right? But I tell you what, I want to go to a church... That if you walk in the door and say, well, you know, I went to the doctor. Well, how'd that go? Well, they said it's this and that and the other. And you you have fellow believers, not just the pastor, but fellow believers that say, well, that's a lie from the devil. We're going to believe God. You're going to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. And start quoting Bible verses at you. That's what I want. Praise God, don't you? I want people to lift, to lift, to lift you up. So not discerning the Lord's body. And I'm telling you what, uh, we need each other. We need each other to pray for one another, right? And uh, go to a church that when they give the prayer request, it's not just, well, Lord, we don't know what your will is, but undertake. I used to say, if I ever get sick, don't use the word undertake. Think about it. It's not a good word. Undertakers undertake. Lord, undertake. No, don't say that. <laughs> he doesn't have to underhanded, underdo anything. Amen. He's, he's over the top. And I'm claiming for me, you do what you want. I'm claiming Ephesians 3.20 on everything in my life. You know what that says? Put it up there, Sister Geralee. Ephesians 3.20, Amplified. Praise God. Classic Amplified, if we have that. <laughs> this new one is weird. All right. Look at that. Now on a hymn who is able to carry out. We don't need an undertaker. Now on to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think. Look at this. Infinite, infinitely, infinitely. That means beyond, amen, everything, right? You can't measure it. Infinitely, beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. That's, I'm, I'm standing on that every day. Amen? Praise God. Even some folks in the faith movement want to tell you, God's limited to your faith. No, he's not. God's not limited to anything. <laughs> he, he's infinitely beyond my best 
my best prayer. So how could he be limited by my best prayer? He's not. Amen. He is doing abundantly above. And I'm telling you what, I, I just, I'm, I'm a happy camper. I'm living in the blessings, living in Canaan's land. Amen. Living in Beulah. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? How many's with me on that? Yeah. Claiming that. Say, well, I don't know. I've got a lot of problems. Well, stop talking about a lot of problems and start talking about a lot of promises. Instead of saying, well, i got a lot of problems. <laughs> you know, walking around like Paddington Bear, you know, i got a lot of problems. Well, instead, how about just say, I've got a lot of promises. I got a lot of promises, and they're not empty promises, and they're not unfulfilled promises. They're fulfilled already by Christ. He paid it all to Telestai. It's finished. Praise God. Well, I got it. Let me tell you, Pastor, I got a lot of problems. Well, you're going to have them if you keep talking about them. You want me to join my faith with you that you have a lot of problems? I need agreement. I have a lot of problems. Okay, I agree with you. You have a lot of problems. Praise the Lord. Let's get four or five people to agree with you. Well, I don't know why I have so many problems. Well, I do, because for one thing, you're confessing them all the time. And another reason, you see, I told you I'm wild today. Another reason you have a lot of problems is because you're alive on the planet. Welcome. The only people that have no challenges at all are over here in the cemetery. They don't have any problems. It's over for them. Amen. You ever notice little kids are scared to go to the cemetery? Oh, it's so scary. I told them, this is the safest place in town. These people can't hurt you. It's the live ones you got to watch out for. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I'm excited. How about you? Can you end the healing? You know, I love, I love a happy healing service. Cause it's a happy time. Amen. If you've ever needed a doctor or medical attention, you finally got there and they helped you. It's a happy moment. It's a relief. And you thank them. Thank you for helping me. I, you know, I was in pain. I was, I was bleeding. Something was happening. And now you've helped me. Oh, well, it's a happy time. And boy, I grew up in church where he, they said healing, everybody, oh, 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 little wadded up Kleenexes came out and they'd play, you know, a sad song on the organ, you know, and oh, Jesus, you know, oh my God. I'm thinking there's no, there's no faith in that. There's no victory. There's no joy. Hey man, I tell you, it's a healing service should be the happiest service ever because we're expecting. Great things. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and praise Him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray a healing prayer right now in the name of Jesus. I command every kind of sickness, every kind of disease, every kind of pain of symptom and suffering to go in Jesus' name. Those that are watching on Internet, you receive this prayer too. In Jesus' name, be healed. Be whole. Healing belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. It's got your name on it already. 
Praise God. Be healed. Be whole. Be strengthened. I speak life into the bodies. Life into blood circulation and into joints and into body parts and eyes and ears and hearts and livers and kidneys. In Jesus' name, healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, let's, you know, we um, those that are watching on Internet, you know, we thank you for watching. We bless you. Join us anytime. Go online. You can watch this service and other services that we've already conducted are all available. And you can, if you go to graceharvest.net, you can find all the instructions and everything to do that. But let's sing again in here. <laughs> Amen. Let's sing. There's healing in the name again. Amen. And make that your confession. You can sing, I've got healing in the name. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. I'll switch to this mic. I finally got my ear to cooperate with the apparatus. There's healing in the name. There's healing in the name. There's healing in the name of the Lord. There's healing in the name. There's healing in the name. Healing in the name of the Lord. Now sing, I've got healing. I've got healing in the name. I've got healing in the name. I've got healing in the name of the Lord. I've got healing in the name. I've got healing in the name. I've got healing in the name of the Lord. I've got victory in the name. I've got victory in the name. I've got victory in the name of the Lord. I've got victory in the name. I've got victory in the name. I've got victory in the name of the Lord. There's power in the name. Power in the name. Power in the name of the Lord. There's power in the name. Power in the name. Power in the name of the Lord. I give glory to the name, glory to the name, glory to the name of the Lord. I give glory to the name, I give glory to the name, I give glory to the name of the Lord. Jesus is the name, Jesus is the name. Jesus is the name of the Lord. Jesus is the name. Jesus is the name. Jesus is the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Scarlett, do you have anything? <laughs> All right. All right, you may be dismissed. God bless you. Go rejoicing. Healing belongs to you today.